This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now, your host. He likes to explore new automation tools. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal here to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your Chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Diane Rogers, President and CEO of the Rancho Cordova Area Chamber, to learn how the Holman Brothers has provided value for her. As a medium-sized chamber, we recognize that it's absolutely critical to have a well-qualified and well-trained membership development person. Holman Brothers trained that person, recruited that person, and they even trained me on how to manage that person. We're grateful for the support we got. You can learn more about Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Our guest for this episode is Glenn Morris. Glenn leads the Santa Maria Valley Chamber of Commerce in California in in delivering on its mission to be a catalyst for business growth, convener for leaders and influencers, and champion for a stronger Santa Maria Valley. The Chamber is the leading business support, economic development, and tourism promotion agency in Northern Santa Barbara County. Prior to joining the Santa Maria Valley Chamber, Glenn served as president and CEO for the Visalia Chamber of Commerce, which is also in California, leading the chamber through a complete update of its programs while establishing the organization as an influential voice in local policy decision-making. In addition to his work with chambers, Glenn has professional experience in economic development, tourism, and business advocacy. He brings nearly three decades of experience and leadership to bear on his passions of community, organizational excellence, and the power of collaboration to achieve goals. His experience includes leading nonprofit organizations in Utah, California, and Nevada. As a community leader, Glenn has been involved in a number of local and national organizations, working on issues ranging from access to the arts, improvement of local schools, and youth leadership development. Glenn has also been part of a number of community-based political campaigns. Professionally, Glenn has served on a wide range of local, regional, and national boards focused on business advocacy, economic development, workforce issues, and youth career preparation. Glenn has served in numerous leadership and training positions for his church, community, and professional organizations. He finds great joy in being a husband to Shanna and as a father and a grandfather. Glenn, I'm excited to have you with me on Chamber Chat Podcast today. I'd love for you to just take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions and share something interesting about yourself so we can get to know you a little better. Well, Brandon, good morning, and and thank you for this invitation and the chance to chat about Chambers. I think think Chambers are um, just critical organizations and communities, and um, I was fortunate at, at, at kind of a midpoint in my career to find myself in the a chamber business and and found my real home professionally. So um, I love that 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 you have this opportunity to bring chamber people together and help us all learn and and grow together. So that that's wonderful. Um, you know something interesting about myself. I don't. You know I, I do a lot of work. <laughs> you know, and, and, but but I love all of it. But uh, <clears throat> you know I think the thing that that makes it all worthwhile at the end of the day. You know you mentioned the grandkids and that and and that's just you know that's the payoff in life right when you 
when you get those opportunities to to see your family growing and thriving and and we're really blessed in that way that's right i always like to say that's how you know you got your priorities right you know how busy you can get at work and and all your responsibilities to to be able to reflect on that that that's where that's what matters (laughs) yeah indeed oh very good well, tell us a little bit about the Santa Maria Valley Chamber, just to give us some perspective, you know, size, budget, staff, that sort of thing as we get sure. into our discussion today. Yeah, so Santa Maria Valley Chamber, we are um, the chamber for the city of Santa Maria and the surrounding, um, there's a, a fairly large unincorporated community in our neighborhood, there's a smaller um, city just down the street, so we kind of cover that regional area, we're in Northern Santa Barbara County, so um, about three and a half hours north of LA and four or something south of San Francisco, um, right on the Central Coast. We uh, we think of it as God's country, and um, uh, you know the we I, I joke with folks that I live in the land of the eternal seventies. Is it? It's really just a a, a beautiful place to live um, and work. It, we have a wine country here that, that that's a big draw for our tourism side um, but there's a significant amount of manufacturing in this area um, as well and so it's a very diversified economy community is about a hundred and oh if you take the, all of the the neighboring areas that we serve it's probably 150 to 160,000 people um, kind of one of the last growing communities along the central coast um, with with still some opportunity for you know, new new development and new growth. Um, our chamber is a, uh, we, we think of ourselves as the one-stop shop for all business needs. Um, in addition to the traditional chamber functions, <clears throat> we are the tourism marketing organization for the community. And we are the economic development organization for the community. So um, we work um, with our city and, and the county <clears throat> in our area to, to lead in all of those areas. Um, so we really are kind of a one-stop shop. I have a team of, um, depending on the day, 10 to 12 folks um, that, that lead those three functions. Um, we have about 850 uh, members of the chamber uh, and our budget all in uh, is, is going to probably be in the two and a quarter million um, this next year. All right. Well, that does help to to give some of that perspective, um, especially as we get into what our topic for our discussion is today around regional coalitions. Um, We'll get into this discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app 
will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. One reason chambers are so overwhelmed is because they are stretched thin trying to be everything to everyone. Setting up an automated email series to help with new member onboarding is a great way to passively build your relationship with members. These emails will strategically drip the most important information for your members, freeing up your chamber staff to focus on day-to-day operations without neglecting your relationships. My friend Izzy West is organizing a six-week guided email automation training to add more time back to your very busy schedule. The result of this course will feel like you added a part-time membership retention employee who is fully automated. Most associations see a 7% increase in their retention rate after implementing an automated email onboarding program. To learn more and to take advantage of a 10% discount on this training, please visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash izzy. The training will begin the week of September 12th, so be sure to reserve your spot today. Chamber Nation hears from its customers that they help make it fun again to present the value of membership. That's because so much is provided to help each member promote their business, and with monthly ROI reports from Chamber Nation, they know their membership is already working to help them succeed. There are three words in Chamber of Commerce, and Chamber Nation knows that their customers take care of the Chamber, but Chamber Nation takes care of the Commerce. This way, both teams working side-by-side deliver a whole lot more in membership value. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So, save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. All right, Glenn, we are back. Uh, so as I mentioned before the break, we'll focus our, our conversation around regional coalitions and your responsibility or your chamber there, like you mentioned, as you kind of gave that background about the chamber is your typical chamber work. You've got the, the tourism arm as well as uh, economic development responsibilities. So you guys stay busy. Um, but also that gives you the need really to, to reach out and and work with others in your community and in the region. So um, I'm always curious to hear how different chambers go about uh, reaching out and, and working with other organizations mm-hmm. because it can be, you know, competitive on some levels, but also, you know, rising tides raise all ships, as they say. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I'd love to, to kind of hear your philosophy and strategy as to, to how you approach that. So this is a this is an issue that I'm really passionate. This has been kind of my um, my you know the topic I've been evangelizing on in our community for since I got here. So yeah, let me give you a quick uh, story because it'll set some context for how we came to this this um, uh, approach. Um, I joined the Santa Maria Valley Chamber um, just over just right at eight years ago. Um, came from another community in California. And, and moved over here. Santa Maria is the largest community in our region, um, but it's not the county seat, right? So it's not the political center uh, of the county. That would be Santa Barbara. 
Um, and uh, San Luis Obispo, which is about 40 minutes to the north of us, is home to the regional university. And so, you know, as you can imagine, I'm sure that this will ring true for many communities. Uh, when you're the kind of the second community, there, you know, there can be a chip on the shoulder, right? We don't get our fair share. <laughs> yeah, something to prove. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so when I moved to the community, that, that um, perception was really clear that, that this community had felt for a long time like it was a little isolated from resources and decision-making power and all of those kinds of things. Um, I joke with people that when I moved to town that, that you know, community leaders uh, would discuss, you know, would, would say, well, you know, the community's bounded by, um, you know, uh, the Rio Grande and the Grand Canyon. There's a riverbed on the north end of town and there's a, a uh, kind of a, a choke point canyon you have to go through to get from us to Santa Barbara. Um, and, and it was their way of kind of describing this sense of a little bit of isolation, right? Not being from the community and carrying some of that emotional baggage. Yeah. I, I decided that my role uh, was going to be, you know, I, I would tell my board, uh, you know, if there's a moat around the community, my job is to build bridges across it and, and to go out and create relationships that would benefit our community. Um, but also knowing that we could bring value to the greater region. We're the, we're the workforce home. So many people in our community commute out to neighboring communities for work during the day. We're the retail center. So People that live in those outer communities on either side of us come here to shop. And, you know, so the, we had value to bring, but we also needed, you know, the help of the region. And then as we really got into that, we really, you know, came to the, uh, what, what's probably an obvious re realization, but, but you know, took us a, a while as a community to acknowledge that, that we're, you know, business doesn't care about political lines, right? Um, right. The economy doesn't stop at a city boundary or a county line um, or probably even a state line, right? That, that people's lives flow and across that, right? You may live in one community, but work in another, right? And your business may be in one, but your customers are coming from, you know, three or four others. Um, you certainly are going to have suppliers that are in other communities. You're going to have, you know, all of that economic activity flows back and forth in really natural ways that have nothing to do with the way we organize for government, right? Um, and so we've worked, we've been working for that eight years to really create those relationships uh, with those economic institutions. So initially it was probably the universities that are one university 40 minutes to the north and another one 70 miles to the south. Um, but as we got into that, what we really found worked best was when we reached out to the other chambers in those communities and said, let's stop competing and start working together, um, particularly on the things that matter, like head of household jobs and you know uh, infrastructure and you know all, all of the housing job balance, all of those kinds of things, right? We can fight over where the next, um, you know, cool retail store goes. But but when we come to, you know, where are the head of household jobs, we, we can work together to land those. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, the, uh, the thought that comes to my mind as you explain that, because I mean, it, it, 
to me, it makes, like I said, it makes a lot of sense to work together to, to build a, a stronger region because like you said, um, you know, politics don't stop you know, at certain lines, economies don't stop at, you know, city boundaries and even having a university, you know, in the community next door doesn't mean, you know, so there's a lot of this crossover, but the question that comes to my mind is how does one define community these days when the world seems to be shrinking and we have so much crossover into, in these different areas and elements that it makes sense to work together with other communities, but what defines a community anymore? You know, that's a good question. And I think it's changing, right? Um, I, and I hope that, that and, and my belief is that it's expanding, right? So, you know, I think you can define community by the neighborhood that you live in. I think you can define it by the city that you're engaged in civically. Um, and I think you can define it in that region that you that you really live your life in, right? And where you do your recreating and your working and all of those other kinds of pieces. And um, I think when you really think of it as kind of that patchwork, right, with different pieces, it really adds a richness um, and you know a lot of value, right? Um, you know, the that you may not have every kind of thing you're looking for in one in one of those boxes but if you you can pull that lens back just a little bit you probably find you know what you're looking for right and um, you know we would we would have conversations about you know well we don't have this type of housing in our community but you know what the guy five miles down the road does and so you know if i'm selling you know if that's what the if that's what somebody's looking for we can point them to it Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, you know, the, the idea of community, I think, is really evolving and and hopefully growing. Right? Yeah. I like how you brought up the, the richness and the value that comes as we expand community and be more inclusive of, of others in those, you know, traditionally bordering communities. And, you know, when like the example you gave of, of certain housing, you know, you got to play with how the field striped at the moment. Right. But that doesn't mean that you can't help to redefine where those stripes go, right, over time. Yeah. And, you know, we really, so, you know, a big part of our role in the community is economic development, right? So we're all, we're engaged in business attraction. And, you know, often we would get ourselves into these conversations with prospective businesses about, you know, well, we need, we need more of this particular type. You know, maybe we need engineers and, and you know. Uh, in your city data, we don't see enough engineers, right? But but again, I pull that lens out 40 miles, and I'm one of the top engineering schools in the country, right? Just just across the river, right? And and you know, so it's like that really, I, we 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 got them, right? You you may not see them as you walk down Main Street, but we got them, right? And 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 you know that held true for uh, you know housing. It might hold true for available land, right? Maybe they want to put a, a, a factory in and, and you know, my neighboring communities having that conversation and they don't have the 10 acres the guy needs, but I do, right? But, and so, you know, you do that. And, and I, I think this kind of an approach is critical on business retention. Um, I'll give you one quick story, right? Before I moved to the community, we had a, uh, a business that, that moved 
20 miles away. Um, and people in the in our community, when I moved into town, they were just really still upset about this, right? It had probably been about two years and they were really still ticked off about it, right? Because we lost the business. Yeah. And as I thought about it, I thought, you know, okay, the, you know, the, their physical facility is 20 miles down the road, but all of the people that live in our community that work for that business are still in our community. They have a right. little longer commute, right? But they're still here. Their kids are still playing on our kids' soccer teams. They're still volunteering in our local nonprofits, right? And they're still, you know, in in our, you know, in our churches. So, did we lose? I, you know, I don't know. <clears throat> you know, if if people are your greatest asset, I'm not sure we lost, right? Um, and and you know, maybe the city lost a little property tax. I don't know, you know, but. But in the grand scheme of it, I think because we were able to stay in the region, you know, I don't think we, I don't know that I would chalk it up as a loss. And say, especially with that example, keeping them in the region, just twenty miles down the road, there is a facility that's available now for somebody exactly. to move into. So, yeah, the the perceived loss is also a gain on another side, as yeah. it will bring new people, new resources, right. new you know everything else. And, and, you know, the reason that they had moved was they needed to grow. And, and my town at that moment didn't have a building they could grow into, right? And, and I think without a regional kind of an approach, when the next one of those comes to me and, and says, you know, I need another 10,000 square feet and we just don't have it in the market, you know, I think without a regional approach, the risk is that they start looking at other states, right? Or completely different markets where my neighbors who work for them are either going to have to make a choice to relocate or find new employment, right? And so, you know, do I want them to stay in my town? Yes, I do, right? (laughs) But if I can't make that work and I can put them in the town next door, that's a better outcome than, you know, letting them, you know, load a truck up and go someplace far away. Exactly. So, and those are tough decisions to make too when they yeah. when they need to do that. But maybe let's talk a little bit more tactical. So as you started reaching out to some of these neighboring chambers um, and saying, let's collaborate together, let's work together, let's not compete anymore, let's, you know, level or let's let's raise the bar, I would say. Um, right. How was that received? How did you approach it? And is there yeah. anything formal that's come out of it as far as like a a regional uh, roundtable or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, so I think it starts with relationships, right? It starts with chamber CEOs, you know, having lunch uh, with other chamber CEOs in the area and building that um, relationship that you can get some trust, right? That, that if I need that business, to, I need to find that business at 10,000 extra square feet, that I can call you and, and, we're going to work that out together, um, but you're not going to use that as an excuse to come poach two others of my guy, right? right. There's that trust that you have to build there, and that's really one-on-one. Um, and then we found that that one of the areas that we could that was easy to collaborate on um, early in that process was around legislative advocacy, right? Because mm-hmm. now we're all fighting the state capital, and and that's you know a common you know. <laughs> foe maybe or or you know and, and so it wasn't about you know 
balancing between us. It was us all together against an external thing. And so that got us started working together, taking common positions, collaborating around um, advocacy kinds of discussions. Um, And then from there, we've been able to move to more of the economic development kinds of things. Um, But it's also, you know, spun off into we do some joint staff development things and you know all of those kinds of things once you start uh, working together you can find lots of opportunities but we do now have um oh probably three formal regional chamber uh, you know elaborate so we have one that's around this advocacy piece um, that actually is about 30 chambers in a three county region wow. um, that come together for that um we have a, another chamber group that is more, uh, uh, more on, re, uh, on local kinds of issues that, that is about eight chambers in, in, in one particular end of that region. Um, and then we're, we have a two county economic development collaboration that started as the chambers and has actually now, we've actually stood up a new organization to really lead regional economic development um, initiatives. So, um, you know, that one's probably the one that became the most formal um, as it really kind of uh, became a new entity. Right. Now, I I love those examples and being able to put some numbers to that about what that looks like with the regional advocacy, you know, 30 chambers coming together. I mean, the power that comes with those kind of numbers when you go to the state capitol and say, look, you know, yeah. 30 chambers representing, I don't know how many thousands of business owners. Correct. Uh, we, well, we believe and, strongly in this, you know. <laughs> and it, you know, it gets, uh, you know, in, in my town, I have one member of the assembly, right? And and I have one senator. Um, but if I bring that tri-county group together, it's like eight members of the assembly and three or four state senators, right? So all of a sudden, we have more people we can talk to. Um, and so, you know, that, that gives us a different kind of a voice. Right. So as far as, um, the approach with, with your membership, um, I, I know there's always going to be somebody that'll find a problem with whatever the chamber's doing. Uh, you're going to hear those voices, but, um, hopefully there's more that are seeing the bigger picture of how you're working with neighboring communities. Um, uh, what type of feedback are you getting of, you know, and a lot of times I'll, I'll maybe preface that a lot of times members don't see the work that's happening right. behind the scenes. Right. But um, with that in mind, what, what type of feedback do you get from your members with taking a more regional and a collaborative? Approach? Yeah. So, so you're absolutely right. Most of them probably don't know that we're doing that. Right. Cause, cause they're focused on, on much more uh, transactional business and, and their day to day. And that's great. Right. That's what they should be doing. And, uh, we try to support them in doing that, but um, you know, the most of our community leader level folks, um, uh, you know, appreciate the F, what we're trying to do, and they see the bigger picture. Uh, you know, occasionally when you know we're we're celebrating what they to them looks like a neighbor's win, right? <laughs> um, you know, they can kind of go explain this to me one more time, right? And, and so we have to be really good about telling the bigger story, right? And so, uh, you know, particularly with local electeds, right? City council members who by definition should be passionate about their their little spot in the world, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and, and you know, so it's important for us if uh, if we're celebrating a business location in a neighboring community that we're highlighting the jobs that are going to be you know filled by residents of our community or you know the the supplier relationships that our small businesses will now be able to have. Um, and you know, so you do need to localize the the impact and the benefit, um, you know, for folks so that they see themselves in, you know, what on the surface can feel like someone else's win. Right. Yeah. Help help them see where the I'm saying fallout. Usually fallout's a negative connotation, but yeah, the yeah. positive fallout, the the, <laughs> right. the windfalls right. that come from a, a neighboring wind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a. a we have a nuclear power plant 30 miles north of us that is slated for closure. Um, and, you know, when that was announced a couple of years ago, you know, people started ringing alarm bells, right? Because it's a significant economic driver, 1,200 highly paid jobs, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, and we jumped in and said, you know, this is a problem and we need to help figure out what we do next, right? What, how do we respond to that issue? And we got folks that were like, that's, that's their problem, right? We don't, you know, city folks were saying, we don't get any taxes off of that, right? That, the taxes all go to the other county. And we said, yeah, but we have, you know, three or 400 people in our community that work there. Uh, we have, you know, a dozen businesses that are in the, you know, local supply chain that provide services and products to that facility. Um, you know, so you just start to have to figure out and 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 just constantly be repeating that local impact, right? Yeah. Of, yeah, of money's being spent in your community from those jobs. And exactly. never mind, like, how much of your community is receiving their power from that nuclear right. plant. Yeah, and you know, so there's uh, those macro issues, but... But there are, are going to be local issues in regional, you know, impacts. Right. That's a great example. So I wanted to, to ask you if you might have any tips or strategies that you could offer for a chamber champion listening that they can do to help yeah. take their chamber up to the next level. Yeah, well, you know, and, and I, I recognize that that I'm in a little bit of a unique position. I, you know, we started this with kind of the the DNA of our cha my chamber, right? And I shared that I have a team of 10 to 12, you know, full-time employees who help me do the day-to-day -day work. Um, that's a blessing for me because it frees up some of my time to go and do these other kinds of things like building relationships with regional partners and some of that. And I, I, I'm fully aware that's not every chamber's reality, right? Right. But I do think that there are ways that, you know, we have chambers in our regional coalitions that have, um, you know, a CEO and one staffer and, and you know, maybe a part-time, you know, kind of helper, right? So we have some very small chambers that are part of this as well. And, and they, they add value. They add, they add um, really important context to our discussions. And so, you know, I would say, don't worry about your size. If you can have a conversation with people, you can begin to become part of a regional coalition. Um, the, the, the pandemic, you know, awful, never want to do it again. There were definitely some benefits that came out of it. And one of them for us was it really took what was these fledgling kind of regional issues, you know, partnerships and made them essential. Right. So yeah. from the very beginning, we all started to go, 
you know, you can all remember two years ago, we were immediately the kings and queens of webinars, right? <laughs> we have information and our members need it and we need to get it to them and there's no way to put them in a room. So we all learned how to do webinars on Zoom really fast. And we really quickly went, you know, there are eight chambers right here in a 30 minute radius. We don't all need to do the same webinar. Right. I can do the one on Tuesday and you can do the one on Wednesday. And we can both promote them to all of our members. And so we were able to share workload. Right. And 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 provide consistent information. The reality is our businesses are members of multiple chambers. And if they're getting different messages, that's confusing. Right. Yeah. And in a crisis, confusing is not helpful. And if you're not helpful, they don't need you anymore. <laughs> right? They're going somewhere. And so, you know, I think we helped all of our chambers be more essential by doing it together. Right. And so, you know, and it, it, it didn't cost us anything. In fact, if anything, it probably saved us all, you know, some resources because we could share. So, you, you know, I, if you're look, if somebody's really looking to start this kind of a journey, you know, I, I I'd start with, All right. I'm not sure what happened there, but <laughs> yeah, the, the beauty of Zoom, all of a sudden you just stop moving <laughs> as you're talking it up about how great it is for these webinars and everything. It just, boom, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so what, you know, the point I would make is, you know, during the pandemic, it became, you said it became really important that we all were doing consistent messaging, sharing resources quickly. Um, and, and it became, you know, to try and do that all by ourselves was overwhelming. Right. But if we could share the load, Chamber One takes Monday, we take Wednesday, somebody else does Friday. All of a sudden, we all looked better and were more valuable to our members. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, if, 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 if somebody's really thinking, you know, I really should work more closely with the Chambers and, you know, or other economic development or tourism or whatever uh, in your region, you know, I, I'd say pick one issue, right? Pick something that you have in common um, and, and you know, figure out how you can do it uh, together. And, and then, you know, it'll grow from there. Yeah, I think that's a good tip. And, you know, you started that answer by talking about not everybody has the luxury of, you know, going and meeting with, but as you brought in, you know, Zoom, you know, there is the yeah. option as you get to know these people, you don't need to have the commute time, just hop on a Zoom call with the, the neighboring, you know, three or four chambers around you and talk about the latest stuff. You know, when I, uh, when we started that, ad, the legislative advocacy group, we met in person, mm -hmm. right? And, and so the days of those meetings, you know, depending on where that was, a, you know, hour and a half meeting became a half day commitment, right? right? With travel. Now it's back down to the hour and a half yeah, <laughs> you know, it's nice. yeah. because we can do it on Zoom, right? And that just creates um, a lot more opportunities. Absolutely. So, Glenn, I like to ask everyone, as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? Well, I think Chambers are currently essential, and I think they're going to be more so in the future. Um, but I do think that there are some 
um, there's some risks out there. I think if chambers aren't uh, becoming really focused on what matters in their community. Um, and, you know, I think for me, that really is all about economic vitality. It's about jobs. It's about wealth creation. It's about quality of life. If we're not doing those kinds of things, businesses can find a lot of the other things that we used to be, um, you know, their provider for, right? Uh, networking will always be part of our DNA, but there's other ways to get networking. Right. Um, you know, general information about business. There's a lot of resources out there. Um, what chambers can do uniquely is be a convener to bring your leaders together, set economic and community priorities, and then rally, um, you know, as a catalyst, really bring the resources together and focus on uh, that economic growth. Right. Um, so I, I think, I think the future for chambers is is really strong if we're really focused on what is you know essential to our businesses and the, the you know the people they employ. I love that response. It's a very well concise and a, you know good summary about the importance of being a, a convener of leaders and then becoming that catalyst to, you know for those actions throughout the community. Uh, Glenn, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information. If anybody listening wanted to reach out and connect with you and learn more about how you're doing things at the Santa Maria Valley Chamber, what would be the, the best way for them to reach out and connect? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, our website is just santamaria.com. Um, uh, I, one of my predecessors early in their life grabbed the best you know URL possible in our town for the chamber. So uh, just simply santamaria.com. Get a good um, price for that these days, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. I think my city manager probably was like, how do we just that? <laughs> right. uh, and uh, you know, in the spirit of keeping it simple, um, our email, my email is just, it's Glenn, uh, G-L-E-N-N at santamaria.com, right? That's perfect. And I will get that in our show notes for this episode. But Glenn, I appreciate you joining me today on Chamber Chat Podcast. This has been a great discussion. And hopefully some of these things just, you know, remind some of these chamber champions listening of, yes, I need to reach out and connect with, you know, one of those neighboring communities, or we need to form some kind of a more regional coalition together. So hopefully this is a, a catalyst for them to, to move forward and do some of those things. Yeah, I, I, I think what you'll find if you, as you do that, uh, and and you start to tell your businesses, particularly your your primary, you know, head of household job businesses that you're doing it, they're going to go. It's about time. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. But I appreciate it, Glenn. This has been a, a great discussion, and uh, again, appreciate your time with us today on the podcast. No, it's been my pleasure. I've enjoyed it. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Success happens over time, not overnight. It's why Fortune 500 companies and other forward-thinking businesses are shifting to a more continuous learning format to coach and support their salespeople. 
Hallman Brothers Next Level Coaching brings the same ongoing improvement opportunity to chamber membership salespeople. Visit hallmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of Next Level Coaching for your membership pro.